Welcome to the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim, two pastors discussing practical details about life, leadership, parenting, and being more centered around Jesus first. The goal of this show is to help you keep your eyes on Jesus through the busyness of life and clutter of your schedules. Now, join us for the conversation. Hey, welcome to the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim. We're excited to be back with you again today for a, an exciting two-parter. We're doing yeah. two parts. We hope you come back next week. We're talking about hope after hurt, what that means. That was the name of Drew's podcast before this one, right? And so that's right. we want to talk about church hurt. We want to talk about it in a way where first we're going to talk about the hurt. We got to get through the bad to get to the good. And so as we kick this off, we're going to share some of our experiences with you. And you might have heard about Church Hurt or that name before. More than likely, you've experienced it yourself. When you go through it, I think for the first time, it's easy to think that, oh, I thought this was church. I thought these were Christians. I thought Mm. these were people looking like Christ. And so it can be almost a shock to the system at first if you're not used to it, or if you haven't experienced that specifically. And so I want to kick us off by just talking about the fact that oftentimes the early church in the Bible, in the, in the book of Acts is glamorized. You know, we got to get back to the early church. And even though they did some amazing things and they are the example in many ways, the early church that Paul and other apostles had to deal with was rampant with issues. Okay. They yeah. had to deal with, they had to deal with racial tensions. You know, the Jews didn't want to accept the Gentiles and vice versa. Uh, they had to right. deal with how do we deal with being under Roman aggression? There were, there were zealots who wanted to actually overthrow the government and other Christians would be like, no, that's not what Jesus did. That's not what we should do. You know, there were counterfeit right. teachers. They talked about uh, sexual immorality. Just read the book of Corinthians. Paul talked about, hey, you, you're you on milk. You should be on meat by now. After right. all these teachings, you should move forward in your faith. And so it was a tough environment, I think, for, for Paul to kind of get people along along board with, with him in a culture that was very sinful. Just read the book of James. James was, the, was an actual pastor to the church in Jerusalem. His letter was all about, you know, things as a pastoral would say to his people is, like we're better than us. Let's move past some yeah. of these things. Yeah. And so once we stop glamorizing the fact that there is no perfect church, uh, we can move to the realization that it's really about sin. It's yep. really not about finding the perfect church or denomination. It's really about understanding that there is a sin problem and Christians will be along various stages of the race as they move forward. And Hebrews 12, one talks about the Christian race. And and I think just having dealt with this in various fronts, being on the receiving end and also dealing with it on, on helping people heal from it. Uh, I think the missing component in all of this is just love it, yeah. is, is love, which sounds so, Oh, is that it? Is that all? You're just going <laughs> to boil it down to one word. Well, Jesus yeah. talked a lot about love and unity. I mean, that was his plea to the disciples in John 15 is like, I am leaving. I just want you to be one as the father and I are one. Right. Like he died for us to be unified together and to be in unity and love for one another. And, and what we've done with that is said, well, my way is better. My denomination I'm going to start over here is going to be the best one. Yeah. And there'll be no problems in this one. Just, just watch, just wait and see. Right. And we're still waiting all these years for the, perfect answer to this, which is just keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. Hey, what do you know? The name of this podcast, Who keeping our eyes on Jesus through this whole thing. So Drew, I know you got an example. What do you have to say as a kind of a preamble before we kick that off? Yeah. You know, we've all, we've all been here hurt. You know, we say like church hurt. We just, we get hurt by people. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we've been hurt by people in church. We've been hurt by people at our jobs. We've been hurt by people in our family. You know, what I find interesting is that people get hurt by people in their family. They don't leave the family. People get hurt by people at their jobs. They don't leave the jobs. They just get upset and they figure out a way to move on. People get hurt at church and then they leave. Yeah. And, and so, like you said, it is a hard issue. It's a hard issue usually on both sides and we can combat that issue with love. And, and yes, that's, you know, wow. So, so profound, right? So profound, (laughs) but, but it really, it sounds so simple, but it's so hard. And God commanded, Jesus commanded unity, not that we would all think the same thing, but that we would be willing to work for the same goal. And when you recognize that the person across from you might have a different way of getting to the same goal, but you're trying to get there too, you can have a lot more empathy and understanding for where that person's coming from. So I'm with you. I think we've all experienced hurt at some level or another. Church hurt gets really interesting because it's the only, it's not the only hurt, but it's the most common hurt that happens where people then go, oh, I see a way to fix this. I'm just, I'm out. Right. I'm just, I'm leaving. I'm gone when I'm sitting here like, man, my wife has hurt my feelings. I've hurt my wife's feelings. We don't get a divorce. (laughs) Like we keep, we keep rolling. And the church is that level of decision, like where you serve and where you are in community with other believers and the goal you're trying to get to, like, it's supposed to be a level of decision where you're committed. You're not just a consumer. You are committed. And that means that when you get your feelings hurt or the pastor says something you didn't like from stage or, oh, they're doing this song again or like that's man, got to get past all that stuff. Like you really do. Watch our episode on when to leave a church. (laughs) We go through all those like there are reasons. There are reasons to leave a church, but most of the time it has to do with our feelings. And like you said, it's the level of commitment because there's another church around the corner that might seem like the grass is greener, but we don't do that with our marriage. Right. We don't right. just say, OK, I'm going to move in with this this woman over here because, right, I got an argue with my wife. No, we, we we stick it out. And I think we don't view church as family. We don't view it as a commitment. And so then we just have fly by the seat of your pants. I'll show up when it's convenient and I'll leave when right. it's when I'm hurt. Right. That's not to say, like, we're going to talk about some deep rooted church hurt that can happen. And yep. Like, yeah, that's that's an issue with the church and the leadership. And yeah, you should get out in certain scenarios. But if it's just a matter of feelings and not trying to work through it and not doing the approach of going to your brother or sister and and figuring it out, then that becomes a bigger issue. Well, it's not just about them. It's about you, too. It's about the fact that you'd rather be in this hurt than having it healed. You'd rather right. hold on to it because now it becomes uh, kind of a safety blanket for you instead of having God take yeah. that from you. And, and so we can also be attracted to hurt. I mean, look at the people that go to like the same broken relationship, just with a different name, just with someone with right. a different name, but it's the same person over and over because right. you haven't learned your lesson. And, and so that's we can immaturity. Be, it's immaturity, right? And as immature Christians, we can be attracted to either bad churches, cultic behavior, or we can be attracted to drama right? We can be attracted yeah. to drama because we're actually the ones propagating drama, even though we think it's the other person. Yep. And so there's a lot of factors at play. And I think as we go further, it'd be helpful to hear, you know, some of your experiences, Drew, on, you know, why you started your podcast, why we're talking about it today and, and how, you know, we'll talk about the healing in part two, but, you know, we, we do have to discuss the hurt because it is very real for many people. And there's people listening, I know that are not over their hurt yet because right. maybe they don't know how, or maybe it's just, you don't want to get hurt again. That's what 
I think a lot of times keeps us in a, a moment where, okay, this is safe. This is me in control. If I actually put myself in another church again, there's the potential for all kinds of stuff, right? I don't want to deal with right. that. I'd rather just be safe. You know, it's me and my spouse. We'll have church, you know, Bible studies and that's all we're going to do. I don't need to be in community. Right. That's not what like Jesus died for the church. He died for his body to be right. the body, to be using your giftings. And just because just you had unhealthy expression of it doesn't mean that what Jesus set up uh, is not something that's worth us dying to ourselves for as he died for it. Right. Yeah, you're exactly right. And and you're we do have to address the hurt before we get to the hope. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and for me personally, I think I have every reason to not be at a church. Like I, I, I think I've been given every reason in my life to just go, I'm all set. I'm, I'm good. And so I want to share with our listeners here. I, I just want to share with you a little bit of backstory of me, some things that I've encountered. And my hopes in that is not so much that you would go, Oh, wow. I feel sorry for you, Drew. My hopes in that is that you would gain some empathy and understanding in that we are connected in this way, because I know, like, I know that someone's listening to this right now that is not going back to church because they've been hurt by church and yep. they're just going, man, it's the same thing over and over. So I, I want to, in all vulnerability here, I want to share some things um, that not many people know about me. I want to share a, one specific story about my background uh, that, that not many people know. And then in that, I hope we can get to a place of understanding where we go, okay, we both are in agreement that we've been hurt by the church. Now what? And then you can listen to part two for how we then derive hope out of that hurt. So for me, I, I grew up a, a pastor's son and I watched my dad uh, his entire life work so hard to call people into a deeper relationship and uh, continual steps of faith with Christ. And that led to really beautiful things and really good things, but it also led to some some difficult things that led to meetings where people would stand up and be mad at my dad. You know, I'm just a kid. I'm listening to someone shout at my dad or yell at my dad or say that my dad did something wrong and then turn around on Sundays and I'm shaking their hand and saying, well, good morning, you know, good to see you and pretending that I don't know how they feel about my family. Yeah. And that was a tough way to grow up. And it gave me this depiction of a church that is always is always counter to what we just talked about. It's not in unity. It's not unified. It's not looking out for one another. It's not wondering how they can serve one another. It's it's legitimately just making sure that this business model, this structure is moving forward the way they see fit. And that was a really big challenge for me. So I, I then uh, stepped out of the church in my uh, late teens and early 20s and, and did not uh, have a church home at that point. And um, I had this one experience happen to me outside of the church that then really drove a lot of hurt once I was back in the church. So I want to share that. But in my early 20s, I had a, a friend that I trusted very much. Uh, we did a lot of shows together. We did theater together. Um, and, and I won't get into all that, all the details, but uh, I was living in Nashville and we, we did music together. One night we went to a hotel in Nashville because we just we were going to kind of have a night out where we just had a lot of fun and and crashed at a hotel. There was a part of our evening where we got back to the hotel and uh, he got in the shower, came out of the shower at one point completely nude and 
in a in what I thought was kind of a joking way, started to try and like make advances on me sexually. And that led to me then fighting him off and really confused by what was happening. And that then led to him trying harder. And I quickly realized that this friend, this person I trusted, this person that I had been vulnerable with and this person that, you know, legitimately I, I would have stood up for, I was now standing against. And that was really difficult. And uh, one thing led to another and it got to the point where the only way I was going to get out of that hotel room was to get physical and to try and, and get this man off of me who was much bigger than me and, and older than me and stronger than me. Um, but I guess because I had all the adrenaline in me at that point, I, I found a way to uh, basically get him off of me, fight with him, get him off of me and get out of the hotel. Um, that's probably the, the most basic version of that story that I could get into. But the key thing that I experienced in that moment was someone not listening to what I was saying. The hurt was, yes, the friendship was broken. The hurt was, wow, I can't believe I just experienced that. And emotionally, the, the turmoil you go into within when someone tries to make especially sexual advances on you, but then like having to literally fight a friend and tell someone no multiple times only to have them keep pressing. And so if you fast forward several years down the road, I had gotten back into church. I had found my purpose. I had found my calling and God was calling me into ministry. And, and so I'm now working at a church and things are going really well until one day, I sat in a room with a leader who decided to do this kind of, uh, it was kind of like a game. It was more of a, a, a study <laughs> uh, where they, they ask us some questions to see how we respond. And, and we're in a room full of about 13 people at the time. And one of the questions that was, was asked of me brought up these same feelings. I, I was asked, as I was feeling these things to share a moment in all vulnerability where I had felt the same way. And the only story that came to my mind was when I was in my early twenties and I had a close friend of mine try to make advances on me. And I decided that I just wasn't in a place to share that. There were multiple people in the room that I didn't know very well. I hadn't even told my boss that I had been through that moment. And I thought I had kind of put that thing to bed. And, and now here are all these emotions again, yeah. stirring up. So from a psychological standpoint, it was really detrimental. And so when I was asked if I would share, I said no. And then I was asked again, would I, would I share? And I said no. And then I was asked if I was the kind of person that would want to keep going through this process based on what I'm feeling and like dig a little deeper or if I would want to stop and maybe we just take a break. And I said, I want to stop. I would really prefer if we took a break. And then my leader in front of everyone in the room said, for the sake of where we are, let's keep going and dig a little deeper. 
And in that moment, I started experiencing all the same emotions in an overwhelming way. And I felt like the atmosphere was really the same. In my early 20s, this experience I had with this man in a hotel room was telling him to stop. Please, like, please stop. I want to take a break. I don't want to do this anymore. And he basically said, let's keep going. And now sitting in a room with my leader, my boss, the guy who's supposed to look out for me in all vulnerability with, with probably an unbelievable, honest expression on my face. I'm saying I, I really would like to stop. Please stop. Can we just take a break? And he said, let's keep going. And I've never felt so much trust leave a relationship so quickly. I've never felt so much hope and love for someone leave a relationship so quickly. And, you know, looking back, I understand he didn't know the backstory and he didn't know what I was experiencing. And I get that. But, you know, I I think we all can identify with, I really wish someone would stop doing this and they kept going. Yeah. Yeah. And so in that moment, I was just, I was, I was sunk and I I couldn't, I was like numb, but I could feel everything all at the same time. It was, it was weird. And after that, things were never the same. I ended up going to my boss and explaining like why I reacted the way I did, sharing the story that I did. And there was no apology. There was no like anything. It was bizarre. And the trust had left the relationship and I was just really hurt. I was just really hurt. And I never thought I could get to that depth of hurt. And I don't want to belittle people who have maybe been in an experience where they have been hurt by a church from the level of being violated, but I felt very violated. Yeah. And that's just like one story. You know, I I have, I have so many others of the leaders that I've followed that have fallen short. I have so many others of the places that I've done ministry where people have gone to great lengths to tell me to leave or to tell me that what I'm doing is not right. You know, uh, I, I could, I could talk about the people that broke into my office to write a letter on my wall in my office so I could see it in the morning. I could talk about the person that typed up a one page letter that told me to leave and left it on my car windshield so that I could find it after a good day's work. I could, I could tell story after story after story. There's a reason I had a podcast about it. I have so many, uh, it's, it's unbelievable how many I have. And even to this day, I have people now that I serve as a lead pastor. I have people that will leave the church and never have a conversation with me and go blast something on social media and never take the biblical approach of sitting down with me and expressing why they're upset and would never give me a chance to heal the relationship, but then be mad about the relationship. So I say all that because I want our listeners to understand when I say that I get it, I want you to believe me. I I don't want you to think that, Oh, I'm just some pastor at a church and I think you should go to church. Yeah, I get it. I get it. People suck. And it can get really hard sometimes. 
And there are times that we feel hurt. There are times that we feel violated. There are times that we experience emotions that we never thought somebody that calls themselves a Christian could ever bring upon us. But in understanding that hurt and in understanding that I get it, I'm also the same person that continues to try and make a difference. I'm also the same person that still has a lot of hope for the church. I still have a lot of hope for the community and the unity that can be built. And I have so much hope so that I've given my life to it. And so I, 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 want you to, I want you to sit with me in this episode in the hurt. I want you to acknowledge it. I want you to recognize that, man, you've, you've either been there too or maybe you're there right now. But then as we get into part two, I want you to enter into that episode looking for hope and looking for a reason to say yes to getting back into community because after all, that is what God has called us to. Yeah, that's great. And thank you for sharing. That's that's something that I think there is power in our testimony because it does empower others when they hear both the good and the bad, right? Our testimony is filled with hope after hurt when we come to Jesus, right? We, we're hurt, yeah. we're in sin, we're in a place where we feel like no one can redeem us. And then bam, God redeems us and we have hope again. And we see that played out in our day to day dealing with people, both people that have hurt us, but then realizing mm -hmm. that those are the same people God is trying to redeem and, and, That's and right. reach as well. And so sometimes we make ourselves, you know, the hero of our own story and, and it's God who's the hero. God is That's the one right. that, that reaches to us in the muck and the mire and pulls us out. And so, yeah, I mean, as we wrap up, what, what did that do for, as you're in those different situations, what did that do for your faith? How did you process mm. like day to day, just mentally, how did you overcome that to the point that you stayed in ministry? Like, what was that? For yeah. You? There, there were two things. One, one, the biggest one was God reassuring me of my calling. And when I say reassuring me of my calling, I don't mean to be a lead pastor because that, that's, that's not always what was said. God reassuring me that this is what he has laid out and intended to help the gospel spread throughout the world. And that's the church. Yeah. So the more I got into scripture, the number one thing I recognized is as hurt as I have been and as much hurt as I feel currently, I have to, have to, have to be in a community, a body of Christ with believers that worships together, that gives together, that serves together, and that it is uh, in unity together in order that the gospel could be furthered. The second thing is I had a, a great friend of mine give me some perspective. He said, you know, Drew, everybody has access to great leaders and great sermons and great pastors. Everybody can get on YouTube, TikTok. Everybody can look up the Craig Groeschels of the world, the Simon Sinek's of the world. Like everybody can look up these people and figure out how to be great. What a wonderful opportunity you've had in your life that not many people get to find out how you can not be great, mm. to find out how you can be a bad leader, to find out how you can be a bad pastor, to experience the kind of hurt that your congregation 
and your staff would experience if you were to ever be caught in the same kind of line. Mm. And that right there was such a wake up call to go, wow, God has shown me that if I were to cheat on my wife, God has shown me if I were to take this for granted, God has, God has shown me if I was to forsake my church in order to go do something selfish, if I was to embezzle money, if I was to, I mean, the list goes on and on of all the things we've heard pastors do. If I was to do any of those, what I have felt is exactly what I would be putting on all of these people. Yeah. And that right there, that will wake you up and that will that will make you have some very clear goals on doing this and doing it the right way and making sure that you have accountability and safeguards in your life. So those yeah. two things, man, God continuing to tell me that he has a plan for me, scripture continuing to back that up in the in the um, unified process of church, and then recognizing that while everybody has access to great sermons and great leadership, I have been blessed, yes, blessed, to experience some really bad leadership and some really bad moments. And it's given me great awareness. Yeah, that's wisdom. Awesome. Well, that is part one. And we hope you join us next week as we wrap this up with the hope part. And it was important for us to share the hurt so you can understand a bit of our stories and also to understand uh, that we understand where you are probably at if you're dealing yeah. with this. And if you have stories you'd like to share with us, uh, please let us know as well. And if there's any questions you have as far as maybe a, a part of this we haven't covered, wait till next episode and then uh, reach out as well. And so until next episode, part two, go with God, grow in discernment, and keep your eyes on Jesus. Thanks for joining us on the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim. Don't forget to hit subscribe. If this episode blessed you, please share it with a friend. Check out the show notes for more ways to connect with the hosts of the show. 